We've been studying since the first of the year, we've been studying breakthrough, that God is a God of breakthrough, that the enemy tries to come, he tries to to build dams around us or walls around us or hinder us in any way he can, but God is greater than any wall that the enemy erects in front of us, amen? And today's going to be our conclusion in our study of breakthrough. And and, uh, I want to return back to the very first verse that I used in starting this series. So I want you to first turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 15. And then we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. I've titled this message, Keys in Preparing for Breakthrough in Your Life and the Lives of Others. How many like that idea? I want us to note something that that we mentioned just briefly as we studied this text on David in the beginning. But I want to remind us of it. In verse 8 of of 1 Chronicles chapter 15. Now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went out against them. We noted that when God's doing something in our lives and and we're being used for his plan and his purpose, the enemy does everything he can to hinder that. Amen? Verse 9. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, now listen to what David said. God has broken through my enemies by my hand, like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Bel Perazim. David says, God gave me a breakthrough, but God used me. Amen? God used him, and it wasn't just a breakthrough for his life. It was a breakthrough for his nation, for Israel. And what I want us to think about today is, yes, we want God to bring breakthrough into our lives, but I want us to say, Lord, use my life to bring breakthrough for others. Amen? Next Sunday is going to be our Family and Friends Day. So we're going to have some some finger foods out in the foyer, and we're going to have a great time. And so I want you to invite guests. Invite friends, invite family. And if they don't know Jesus, that's even better because we want to introduce them to him. Amen? And we're praying that our church will be a breakthrough in the lives of the people that God brings next Sunday. So I want to encourage you, bring someone, ask someone, maybe an acquaintance, maybe family, maybe a friend, but invite somebody next week and begin to pray for God to use you to be a breakthrough in their lives. Amen? Amen? So we see that God used David. It was still God that gave him the breakthrough, and he acknowledges that. But he says, God, by my hand, God used me to bring a breakthrough. So I want to give you some keys today. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 8. 
or chapter 5, excuse me, verse 8, and we're going to look at some keys. We're just going to go through this passage, and it's filled with keys that will help us to be used by God to bring breakthrough, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others. This is a, a great passage of Scripture. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. But let's look at verse 8 in Ephesians chapter 5. It begins with, for you were once dark, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit." Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you would just make this passage come alive in our hearts. That you would speak to each and every one of us. And Lord, that we would receive your word in our lives today. In Jesus' name. I want to go back and I want to look at the verse 8 again. And I just want to go through this passage and I want you to, to join me in, in seeing what Paul is teaching here. He begins with, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So the Lord's saying something powerful there to begin with. He's saying, if we will open up any area of darkness in our lives, he will come in with his light and burn out the darkness. Amen? But the key is being open and saying, Lord, I want the light of Jesus to shine in my life. So many times there's areas in our lives that we, we kind of hide or we kind of make in the, into the shadows and we don't open every area of our life up to the Lord for His light to shine. And so if we're going to be an instrument of breakthrough, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others, then we're going to have a heart that's going to say, Lord, I want the light of God to shine brightly in every area of my life, that, that I walk in that righteousness and that, that it talks about here. He talks about goodness, righteousness, and truth, and that the light shines. And then he also mentions something else in verse 10. He says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. We make a mistake, church, if we don't read God's Word. So many people think, well, that's an ancient book. It can't be relevant for my life today. There's, not, there's never been a book that is more relevant 
to your life than the Word of God. Amen? And we read the Word of God so that we know what's acceptable. Many times Christians, they fall into the mindset of the culture, which is against actually God's Word because they simply haven't read God's Word. They don't understand it. I heard a, a pastor friend of mine not long ago that, that uh, someone was talking with him and, and they mentioned uh, uh, something in our culture that's very acceptable. And they said, I, I just get upset anytime a preacher mentions that. And the pastor looked at him and said, well, what does the Bible say about that? And that's what's important. Not what does our culture say, what does God say? Amen? And our view needs to line up with Scripture, and that's what he's talking about. If we're going to be an instrument of breakthrough in the lives of other people, then we're going to be people that know God's Word and study God's Word and welcome His Word to set our lives. Amen? In verse 11, it says, And have no, friend, no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We've never lived... Excuse me, we've never lived in a time when evil is so blatant in our world. There are things taking place today that growing up as a young man, I, I grew up as a child in the 60s, a teenager in the 70s, and I grew up and things were already shifting in our nation. They were taking God's word out of our schools, they were taking prayer out of our schools. And you see a traumatic escalation of things taking place in our schools because of that that aren't good. But I never dreamed our culture would come to the place it is now. And I really believe that it won't be too long until we will have government that will enact laws that pastors can't use the word sin about certain things. And that if we talk about things According to God's word, if it doesn't sound politically correct, then they're, they're going to prosecute us. Why do I think that? Because it's already taking place in, in, in different countries in our world today. This week, Mitch shared with me that he was uh, watching an art, reading an article or watching something on TV about, I think it was Finland, and they were enacting laws for pastors not to use the word sin and not to talk about things that they considered politically correct and say that they weren't right. That's the world we live in today. And that's why we need a breakthrough. Amen. And the only way our nation's going to have a breakthrough is when you and I line up with God's word and like David say, Lord, use me to bring a breakthrough in the lives of other people. In verse 12, it says, For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. It's talking about Christians having secret sins. And we live in a world today that promotes sin and teaches that perversion is okay for our children. They're incorporating it into their school text that things that are contrary to God's word are now acceptable and they're even promoting them. And it's church, God's word says it's perversion. 
That's what he says. And yet, our, our culture is promoting it. And, I, and church, again, I don't hate people that are caught up in sin because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. But for us to say that certain things are acceptable when God's Word says they're an abomination is not right. Amen? And so we love people into life in Jesus. And we don't point our finger and mock and ridicule and, and hate, but we love them into life in Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. How many realize that you can't hide your sin? Sin manifests. And, and in fact, in Numbers chapter 32, verse 23, Scripture says, but if you do not do so, it's talking about keeping the commands of God, then take note, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sins will find you out. That's a sobering verse. Our sins are going to become manifest. Our sins are going to lead to spiritual weakness. So when we sin and we fall short, what do we do? The Holy Spirit convicts us and we say, Lord, help me not to do that. Lord, forgive me. I repent of that. I know it's not godly. And I want you, Lord, to remove that out of my life. In other words, let the light shine on that darkness and burn it up. Amen. So God knows our sin. We can't hide it. And it will be manifested. But we live in a culture that glorifies sin and promotes it. And that's why we need a breakthrough. Look at verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is the light, is light. God exposes darkness. Why? Is he wanting to ruin our fun? Is he wanting to show us uh, and humiliate us because we're not perfect? No. It's because God wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to develop and overcome sin. Amen? So that sin doesn't overcome us and destroy our lives. And so church, we need a breakthrough. And if you want a breakthrough, you're going to say, Lord, I want to be an overcomer. I don't want to have secret sin. Years ago, I, I uh, heard of a, a, this wasn't someone that I personally knew, but there was a, and I have to clarify that, because anytime I share a story, people start looking. <laughs> I wonder if it was Pastor Todd over there. <laughs> but there was a gentleman that had a secret sin in his life. He kept it from his wife. He kept it from his family. He kept it from his friends. But one night he got up and he went into his office and his wife was asleep. And he got on the internet and started looking at pornography. And he had a heart attack and he died. And his wife woke up came in there and discovered his secret sin. It devastated her. It devastated his family. 
And, and the point of all that is, church, God's Word says that sin's going to be revealed. It's going to be manifested. Because when it's planted in our lives, it becomes fruitful. And that fruit of sin begins to bear witness in our lives. And we can't hide it from God. And I say that as a pastor that loves you. I say that as someone who's seen the devastation of secret sins in the lives of people. And I don't want us to go through that. Amen? Look at verse 14. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now it's interesting, this is believed by scholars to be a baptismal song or a saying that was common in Paul's time, and Paul refers to it here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he places this in the Word of God for us today. So it's interesting he, it's, a, it's a saying, you can just see that the church speaking these words. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Amen? In verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. God's given us a promise in the Word that if we ask Him for wisdom, He will give us wisdom. In church, I pray for that wisdom all the time. Lord, give me wisdom in my family, in my marriage, as a pastor. Lord, in everything I do, give me godly wisdom. And he's promised he will give us wisdom if we ask for wisdom. In verse 15, the word circumspectly. Circum uh, is, that has to do with what? Our surroundings the things around us circumference would be a, a word we would use circumspectly has to do with being diligent and accurately and cautiously observing the things that are around our lives so that we use wisdom godly wisdom that we protect ourselves and protect our families so we know what's going on around us in other words, as Christians, we're not to go put our head in the sand and just say, Jesus, come back. Jesus, come get me. I'm ready. I'm doing my rapture drill right now. Jesus, come on back. And some of us, we, we get that way where we just say, Lord, I, I don't want to live in this world any longer. Lord Jesus, come take me out of here. But he's, he is, listen church, he has purpose that you and I would be living in this day, in this hour, because God wants to use you to bring a breakthrough in people's lives. It's not an accident that you were born when you were born. Scriptures tells us that we were born at God's design, at his time, and we won't leave this world until God's ready for us. Look at verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. That's powerful, isn't it? The days we live in, church, we already talked about it. They're evil days. But the idea of this is that not only are they evil, but the days are like a stampede. 
that we're being rushed along, that, that the flow of life is just pushing us and pushing us. And we need to stop and we need to wait on the Lord. We need to say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, that I wait on you. That I, I recognize what's going on around me and the circumstances around me and that I redeem the time. That means to take every opportunity to be a breakthrough in somebody's life. Amen? Redeem the time. Watch for every opportunity that God gives us that we can make a difference in this world. In verse 17, God's Word says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This speaks about people that want God's will in their life. And I think most of us do. Amen? As Christians, we recognize God's plan for our lives is a lot better than our plan. And I don't know, some of you youngsters may not have lived long enough to know that. But I guarantee you, I've lived long enough to know that. That God's plan for my life is always better than what Milt's plan is. Are you with me? Some people get caught up and in, 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 in get stressed out about the plan of God for their lives. They say, Lord... <clears throat> I want to be in your will. Help me not to get out of your will. And they just stress about it and stress about it. Lord, I want to know that I'm on your will. I can't tell if I'm in your will. I want to settle that for you. If you have a heart that says, God, I want your will for my life and I don't ever want to get out of your will, then you won't. You're giving your, your life to Him. You're saying, Lord, I want to be in your will. Now, you can, you can change your mind and you can do things and get out of God's will for your life, but you don't have to worry. If, you're, if you said, Lord, I want your will in my life. Don't let me make a mistake. Lord, help me to be in your perfect will for my life. God says, okay, it's done. How do I know that? Because the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That's his promise. Amen? You say, well, pastor, I don't feel righteous. If you've given your heart to Jesus and you've asked him to cleanse you by his precious blood, guess what? His blood is greater than all your sin. And you are righteous because of Jesus. So it's, it's, we're righteous because of him, not because of what we do, because of what he did for us. So you can rest assured, you can live in the righteousness of God and you can be in his will. Another verse on that I want to share with you. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21. Now listen to what God says here. He says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. God says there's going to be a prompting. He's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to either that still small voice or a, a prompting from God of some kind, and he's going to guide us whether we turn to the right or turn to the left. Amen? So don't get frustrated and don't think, oh, this can't possibly be God's will. If you have surrendered it to him, 
and you, you say, Lord, I want to be in your will, rest that he's guiding your steps. And sometimes, guess what? We're in God's will and we don't like it for our lives, so we think we're out of God's will. Put yourself in Mary and Joseph's position traveling to Bethlehem on a donkey when you're nine months pregnant. Do you think she thought, oh, this is God's perfect will for me? <laughs> Probably not. Amen. So sometimes we're in God's will, and it may be a little uncomfortable, and it may be difficult, but if we have that heart, Lord, use me, I want to be in your will, God's going to see that we're in his will for our, for his, our lives. In John chapter 16, verse 13, here's another verse. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So the, it's when we're surrendered to the Holy Spirit, he's going to guide us into God's truth. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's a powerful promise, isn't it? Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So God's in control when we give it to Him. Let's look at verse 18. That We've talked about this many times. I want to read it again. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the will of God. We just read in the verse before it in 17. Understand what the will of the Lord is. God's will is that alcohol should never take a apart and drunkenness in the life of a believer now i know churches that that compromise on that i don't now if you have a glass of wine at your table that's between you and jesus but if you're going to be on the board if you're going to be a teacher if you're going to be on the worship team you're not going to give place to it in your life at all amen why? Because you're out of control. Because drunkenness. And no place, now I know this isn't popular, church, but I'm giving you God's word, not what man wants to hear. I know it's not popular in our culture, but God's word never condones strong alcoholic drink whatsoever. You cannot make a case for that in God's word. Now, you can make a case that, they're, that they drank wine in Bible days. Paul even told Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Why did Paul have to tell Timothy to do that? Because Timothy didn't drink wine. And he was using it as a medication to help settle his stomach issues. But we can never make a case that we can be drunk. Why? Because, church, you're not in control. The alcohol is. And when you're not in control, you open up and give place for the enemy to come in and be in control. How many people do you know that you've heard testimonies? Well, I was at some frat party when I was in college and we got drunk and this happened and this happened and this happened. Why? They weren't in control. God wants us to be in control 
and he wants us to be filled with his spirit where his spirit guides and directs our lives. That's, that's the, the truth. And that, church, is how we're going to bring breakthrough to other people's lives. I'll, I'll, I'll go a, li- a little farther. Listen, if you have someone in your family or your friends who's addicted to alcohol, how are you going to lead them to breakthrough if you're giving place to that in your own life? And church, there's lots of people that are addicted to alcohol. And we need to see a breakthrough in their lives. Secondly, this passage says be filled with the Spirit. And in the original language, it's, it's interesting what is used. It, the word there that's used for being filled literally means to be filled to the rim and to overflow. And the only way that that is going to continually happen is if there's a continual pouring in of the liquid or the pouring in of the Holy Spirit into our lives so that, the, that, that we overflow. And that's God's heart. And that's how we can be used by God for breakthrough. It's when God fills our lives to overflowing and there is a flow of the Holy Spirit coming out of our lives that people encounter wherever we are. How many like that idea? And Jesus said in John chapter 7, this is a verse that goes along with that. And and he was at the... uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, and they had the, the great cisterns that were on the uh, temple steps, and they were filled with water, and they would tump them over, and they would gush down the temple steps, reminding the people how God uh, gave them water in the wilderness journey. It was a miracle. But Jesus says, during that time, he says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The next verse says that Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. So the picture there, church, is that we don't have a one-time experience where we say, God, fill my life today and I'm ready for the rest of my life. We have a daily experience where we say, Lord, fill my cup to overflowing that whoever I encounter can't help but receive those rivers of living water flowing through my life. That's how we bring breakthrough. Amen? And I'm about to close. Look at verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. These these words speak of how to keep that flow of the Holy Spirit coming into your life. And we can sum it up in one word. Worship. Worship. Church, worship is so important. When we come in, it's not just about hearing Mitch lead in the latest Christian song that we hear on the radio. It's about worshiping God. And when we worship Him, it's preparing our hearts for that flow of His presence.
to fill our lives, to empower us, to equip us. Amen? So we need to be people of worship. I've had people say, well, pastor, I can't sing. If I sing, the person in front of me is going to run out the door. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Guess what? God loves your voice. You may not like it. I may not like it. But God loves it. Amen? That's why he says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And some of us can't make a a melody, so we make a noise. But church, God loves your worship. And your worship prepares your heart. It opens your life. And it welcomes the Spirit of God to be poured into your life. So that you're full to the brim. And there's rivers flowing out of your life. That's what God wants for us. Amen? I'm going to give you a quick acrostic. Everybody knows what an acrostic is? What is an acrostic, teacher? Huh? I can't even hear you. Oh. Okay. It would be like taking the Summit Worship Center and having an S and a W and a C and then for each one of those first letters you have something that it represents. Okay? I want to give you a quick way to prepare every day, every day, saying, Lord, fill me up for a breakthrough today. I'm going to give you a quick acrostic. I'm going to try not to take much time because I want to close. First of all, the the acrostic is going to be praise, P-R-A-I-S-E, praise. And the first P stands for present yourself to the Lord. When you get out of bed, when you wake up, either You know, you can sit up in bed. I don't know how you like to pray or get down on your knees. But say, Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you that I'm alive and kicking. Lord, I want to be used for a breakthrough today. I present my life to you. Amen? That's scriptural. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So every morning, determine, I'm going to start this day with praise. I'm going to start this day by presenting myself to the Lord. Second, the R. Raise your hands and surrender to the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 says, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Paul's specifically addressing men because women are usually more spiritual. I'm being honest. I think something happened in the fall that really messed up us men. Because it's harder for us to be spiritually minded a lot of times. Not all the time. There's great spiritual men. But I'm saying Paul's addressing it here because women... They just read it in the scripture. Oh, God says to raise our hands. So, sure. Where men, notice what Paul says. Paul says there, men need to lift up their hands without wrath and without doubting. And those are the two things, if you ask most guys, 
They get mad when you ask them to raise their hands. And they get mad because they don't think it has any significance. What difference does this make? I just look silly. And I want you to know, church, when you do anything that Scripture tells you to do, it's a spiritual dynamic that God does in your life. And one of the most powerful things when you get up in the morning is to, you, you acknowledge God, you praise God, you thank God, you're breathing, you lift up your hands to the Lord in surrender. Say, God, I praise you and I surrender my life afresh to you to this day. Lord, use me as a breakthrough. A, audibly thank the Lord or praise him. In Psalm 63, verse 1 through 3, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Don't be ashamed that God is your God. I know that Christians are, are pressured with that. And I'm trying to finish and I can't. I gotta say something about this. We live in a time when you can be Hindu, Muslim, Hare Krishna, Buddha, whatever you want to be, and you can be as bold as you want to be with it, and the culture just goes, oh, good. But if you tell them you're a Christian, they look at you and glare at you and want you to shut up. Why? Because our God is the true and the living God. And the enemy wants to destroy him. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy doesn't want anybody to know that there is a true and a living God that loves you, that died for your sins, that will save your life and bless you. Amen? So audibly thank the Lord, begin to praise him. God, you are my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. How many come to church looking for God to manifest his power and his glory in our midst? I hope you do. Amen. I hope you just don't come for Jasper's jokes. <laughs> and he says, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. I invite the Holy Spirit's presence. We just read it. It said, be filled with the Spirit. Daily say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. S, sing a new song to the Lord when you wake up. Ephesians 5.19, the next verse, tells us to, to, to worship. So when, in, in the morning, when you're, some of you, you know, you like to sing in the shower. Don't sing your cheating heart. <laughs> sing, God, I love you. God, I praise you. Make up a new song to the Lord. Give him praise. Nobody's going to hear you except those that love you, so it's okay. Sing a new song to the Lord. And then finally, enter your day empowered. If you do these simple things from your heart, and it doesn't take but a minute. You don't have to, to spend an hour every morning. 
But you can go through these things in a short period of time and you are empowered and ready to enter the day and saying, Lord, if I need a breakthrough, you're the God of breakthrough. And if I encounter anybody that needs a breakthrough, I'm going to be like David. I'm going to be an instrument in your hand to see you bring breakthrough into the lives of others. How many like that? The verse is Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. The whole reason for the Holy Spirit's empowerment in our lives is so that we would be genuine witnesses that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? The word there is dunamis in the Greek and it simply means to be enabled by the power of God. So God enables us to do things that we can't do naturally, but it takes his supernatural presence in our lives that enables us to enter the day in power to see a breakthrough. Will you stand with me? Mitch, will you come? I wanted to stop without giving you the acrostic, but I just couldn't help myself. That was given to me by a mentor of mine, Pastor Jack Hayford. That's the way he starts every morning of his life. And I thought it was so awesome, I wanted to, to share that with you today. How many like that idea? Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you for everyone that's here today. And Lord, there may be those that need a breakthrough right now in an area of their lives. Today, they need a breakthrough. Lord, maybe it's in their spiritual walk. Maybe, Lord, it's physical. Maybe it's financial, Lord, or in a relationship, Lord, with their children or at work. But whatever their need is today, Lord, wherever they need a breakthrough, I pray that today would be the day, Lord, that you bring breakthrough into their lives. And Lord, I want every one of us today to leave this place where we can be used just like King David to bring breakthrough for others. Lord, that's the prayer of my heart. Lord, I want to bring breakthrough into the lives of people that are surrounded by the enemy who's trying to hinder, Lord, your awesome plan for their lives. And Lord, I pray that for our church. Lord, we want to be a church where breakthrough takes place in our own personal lives and through our lives to bring breakthrough to others. I want to ask our prayer team if they would step out from where they are come to the front and around the back and in the balcony as well. If anyone has a prayer request that you want to come and just agree with them in prayer, God's Word tells us to pray one for another and to pray with one another. And He tells us, if any two agree is touching anything on earth, whatsoever they shall ask of the Father in heaven, it shall be done. So there's power when we come together and we pray and so as Mitch and the worship team begin to lead us, 
I just want to invite you to step out. And most of all, if you've never accepted Jesus, if you don't know where you stand with God today, step out from where you are and come and find one of these prayer team members and pray with them and say yes to Jesus today. That you can live a life of breakthrough. Amen. Father, I just thank you for everyone that's here today. Lord, I pray that if there's anything stirring in our hearts today, Lord, that we'll step out and find a prayer partner that will bring that need to you today. And Lord, that we will receive a breakthrough in that area of our lives today. Lord, if there's someone that we want to intercede for, someone that's struggling, someone that we know needs a breakthrough. Lord, then help us to come and just pray for them, lift them up to them. Whatever our need is, Lord, we just bring them to you. We bring them to you in Jesus' mighty name.